okay. Just okay? We got a saying here. The brakes don't stop it, something will. That's not a real saying. It is around here. I wrote it. Just okay is not okay. Especially... Well, we have been chatting over the last few weeks about how ishing it, just okay, is not really okay. And we've been talking about the internals of our life with Christ, the externals, how we live out the daily things of our life, and how only being in part way isn't really what God asked of us at all. He wants us all the way. And this morning, I want to continue that conversation, and I want to chat with you about uh, being in part way or ishing the mission, in sort of halfway on the mission. Can you imagine if that commercial that you just saw, that little response that you just saw, was how every business saw their mission? Can you imagine it? If we were unable to figure out some situation or someone couldn't figure out quite what next to do and said, well, it'll be okay. Can you imagine if your plumber came and said, well, I kind of stopped the leak and it should be good for an hour or so. I put bubble gum. We're okay. You'll be happy. Can you imagine? No, you can't imagine that. Can you imagine if your electrician came and said, hey, you know, I covered up most of the wires that were exposed, but I left a few open just in case we need them later. Um, No, you wouldn't be okay with that. What about if your, your dentist did it to you and said, hey, our mission is half clean teeth? You wouldn't be happy at all. There are so many areas of life and your business, your life, what you do for a living that when you look at it and you think about your mission, there is no way that you would only do what you do halfway. You want to know why I know? Because you'd be fired. You'd be done. If you always just did your job halfway, it would not take very long for someone to come alongside you and say, hey, if you're not doing the whole job, don't bother coming tomorrow. See, the problem with issuing the mission is that sooner or later, you don't just ish one part of it, you creep. And you ish more and more and more of it. It becomes watered down and it becomes a question of what really matters or what doesn't matter or what part I should do or what part I shouldn't do. And often in our lives, we get so wrapped up in what we're doing that we do the same things day in and day out and we don't think anymore about the results of what we're doing and we drift to the left or to the right. And the next thing we know, the mission that we started out on, the mission that we were passionate about, the mission that we were giving ourselves wholly and completely to is no longer the mission at all. The mission is survival. The mission is making it through one more day. The mission is hiding. The mission is hoping that no one really sees what's going on inside. 
The mission is hoping that no one sees how far I've actually drifted from the core of who God created me to be. Not ishing the mission is not about being perfect. That's not what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about bringing my best to God because that's what he's asked. It's not about having everything right. It's not about having everything in the right order. It's, it's not about me knowing everything. It's not about me being good at everything that I do. It's about me bringing the best that I have to God and offering it to him. Today, this morning, is Partnership Sunday. And if you're new here, let me just take a minute to explain. We don't do membership at Mossbrook Church. We, once a year, ask our people to sign up to commit to serving together as a body of believers. And this morning, we want to do that again. And, and there's a sheet. Arnold and the guys have got it. If you don't have one, I don't know if they're... Are they, Arnold, are you right here? Aaron, right there. If you don't happen to have one of those and you would like one, uh, can you just put your hand up? Because we'll make sure you get one of those little forms, one of those little sheets for sign up. Because at the end of the service today, we're going to have an opportunity to, to sign up with those. And they'll hand those out in the next few minutes. But part of the way that we say we're in is we take the commitment to be together, to work together, to serve together, to fellowship together, to live life together as a body of believers, and we take the mission of what God asked us to do seriously. We want to serve God together. So the question then becomes, what is the mission? This is not something that we came up with on our own because we thought it would be really cool to do a partnership Sunday and have everybody sign up and see who's in together. It's not something that we came up with because we thought it would be neat to have a group of people who are on mission together, who are passionate about something, who enjoy working together. It's not something that we came up with because we thought it would be really cool to keep people busy, (laughs) as if you're not already. No, this whole thing called the mission was started with Jesus Christ about 2,000 years ago. This carpenter who was born in Bethlehem, who came as a man but was actually the son of God, was God himself, started something totally different and totally new called the church. It was a way that he could introduce the love of God to mankind. It was a physical way that he could live out God's love for those that he created. He came as a little baby, born in a manger, helpless. And lived as a man on this earth. And walked through the same stuff that you walk through every day. But did it without sin. He faced everything that you face in life. He experienced and understands. And he walked that life in perfection. So that he could go to a cross one day. And give himself as a sacrifice for me and you. 
he started this thing called the church in such a strange way. I, I don't think I would have started it this way. But then again, I'm not God. <laughs> it's very obvious. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. I want to read with you the beginning of the church. Starting in verse 13. And when Jesus came to this region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said, but you, he asked them, who do you say I I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and here's the first mention of the church, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. This is the first mention of the church in the scriptures, and to the disciples, it must seem odd. It must seem kind of weird that all of a sudden, Jesus, this one that they've been following, the one who's been doing miracles, the one who's been changing people's lives, all of a sudden stops and says, hold it, guys. I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to build my church, and I'm going to build it on you guys. I'm not the one. I'm not going to be here. He doesn't tell them all the details, but he says, look, on you, I'm going to build my church. And it's the first mention of this group who would be followers of Jesus Christ and what they would be called. Now, we have the privilege of looking back on this discussion and really looking back on this discussion, I wouldn't have started this way. Because think of what Jesus is saying. He's looking at Peter. Peter. Do you know anything about Peter? Peter's the one who had no faith when he jumped out of the boat and God told him to come and he sunk. Peter's the dude who couldn't stay up when Jesus asked him to pray with them. He's the one who fell asleep. Peter's the guy who when they're in the garden and Jesus is about to be taken, rips out his sword, doesn't even really get the guy that he's after. He just takes his ear off. And Jesus is like, that wasn't what I was after. And he ends up healing the servant. Peter's the guy who later that same night looks at what's going on with Jesus. And he's standing in the dark by a fire. And some little girl turns to him and says, hey, aren't you one of Christ's followers? And Peter goes, nope, not me. And then he's asked again and he goes, nope. Not me. And then he's asked again, and not only does he say, nope, not me, he curses and says, nope, it's not me. I'm not one of those guys. And Jesus is looking at him saying, I'm going to build my church on this guy. Hold it. This is the rock I'll build my church on. But it wasn't just Peter. How about James and John who are arguing about who were the greatest? How about the great Paul that we talk about and we read all the epistles that are written by Paul and he's such an incredible, he's church planner, but he was the killer of Christians before that. What about Matthew who was a tax collector? What about the man in John who was, who was demon-possessed and was so demon-possessed that every time they wrapped him in chains or they tied him up or they tried to contain him, he broke them all and beat everybody up. And Jesus comes along to him and says, 
cleans him up and says to the demons to disappear, and that guy becomes the greatest witness in the region for the church, and he starts churches all over the place. He starts telling people about who Jesus is and what Jesus can do in his life. What about the lady by the well who had multiple husbands, and the guy she was living with wasn't her husband? And Jesus says, go and sin no more. And she goes, and guess what? She's the greatest evangelist in the time. She tells everybody that she runs into, this one Jesus changed my life. Doesn't seem like a great way to start a church, does it? Hey, he's done the same thing all through history with the church. He's taken broken people to make up a church. And what about today? What about right now? What about in this room? Look at us. Broken. Sinful. Hiding. Hiding secrets we hope won't be found out. Imperfect. Judgmental. Prideful. Arrogant. Hurtful. I'm just talking about me. He continues to take the broken and the used up, and the hurt to build his church because that's Jesus' way. Jesus came not for those who figured it out, not for those who had cleaned up, but for those who were broken. He never asked us to get it together to join his church. He only asked us to come broken, and he will get us together. He will put us right. Why? Because God was making a brand new entity. It was to be run by broken people who would help redeem broken people. So he took the messed up and the failure to build something amazing to prove that it wasn't done by them but by him. Then, this broken, ragtag group of people who had become the church gave themselves completely to the mission. They didn't ish it. They weren't in sort of halfway. They were all into the mission of what Jesus had asked them to do. And they gave themselves completely to the mission because of the radical change that God had made in them. Because they, the excluded, had become included. There was no ishing. They were all in. They started reaching out to people just like them. People on the fringes, the outsiders, those who needed care, those who were without hope. And because they took the mission of Jesus seriously, and they acted on what he asked of them, the church grew. And it became a moving force that changed the landscape of the world. Complete societies were changed and are still being changed today, 2,000 years later. When the gospel of Jesus Christ touches a heart, and grabs a hold of the soul of mankind. They are redeemed and changed. They live life no longer like they used to. The love of God begins to show up in them and through them, and the people around them can't help but change. So that is what Jesus offers to us when he said, I will build my church. I believe it was an offer to redeem me, to buy me back, to take 
what was broken in me, my relationship with God, the sin that I had that separated me from my heavenly Father, and to wipe that clean and make my relationship with him right. And then he chose to use me to offer that same hope to to others. Notice it's not my job to build the church. It's not you as a Christ follower. It's not your job to build the church. That's Jesus' responsibility. That was his claim. I will build my church. My job is to give away the hope that he brought to me. My job is to give away the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I can be forgiven. The sin that I have in my life has been paid for. It's been made right by Jesus Christ. That I have an opportunity if I'm willing to bow before God and say, I need a savior. I'm a sinner without hope. There is nothing that I can do in and of myself to pay the price for my sin. And I realize that what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me is enough. It's complete. And I surrender. I repent. Repentance means that I make a 180 degree turn from the way that I was headed back toward God. I repent. I give. This is the only enterprise known to mankind that has the ability to bring hope and fulfillment to a life. Oh, we try all kinds of things. We offer all kinds of things. We try security in all kinds of different areas. We try fun. We try, we try friends. We try family. We try all kinds of stuff to fill us up. But God made this promise that you will only be filled by the one who created you. That's God himself. And you know what's really cool? He's given me the opportunity to offer that to other people. If you're a Christ follower, he's given you the opportunity to offer that to other people. Jesus chooses the broken, messed up people who have little or a lot, who make mistakes and don't always get it right. And all he asks is that we don't ish it, that we're not just in sort of halfway. He doesn't ask us to clean up and come, nor does he ask us to figure out our lives and then come to him with something that's really cool. (laughs) He just says, bring yourself. Bring all of you to me. Come to me. And I will take the little that you have, the little that you have to offer, and I will make it great. I think all the way through the New Testament of the times when Jesus was with his disciples and he just asked them, look, just show a little bit of faith. Remember the little guy with the loaves and the fishes? And the disciples are like, what are we going to do with these guys? And Jesus says, look, just give me a little. That's all I'm asking. Just the little bit that you have. Just bring that to me. He says, if you have the faith the side of a mustard seed, just bring that to me. Jesus is not looking for you to have something great. He knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows our abilities. All he is asking of you and me is that we give what we have. Just all of it. Open hand. Give what we have. His means of building this church and living out this mission 
It's us. It's me. It's you. His ask of us is that we would go into the world and tell them of the change that he made in us, in me. He doesn't ask you to be eloquent. He doesn't have, ask you to have an incredible speech made. He doesn't ask you to know all the truths that are found in the word of God and have it all memorized. He says this, look, just take what Jesus did in you and tell everybody else. They can't argue with the change he's made in your heart and your life. Just tell them what he's done. But guys, gals, often this is where we ish it. We get changed. (laughs) We accept Jesus Christ. I get relief. Woo! No more guilt. Yeah! I'm free! And then we start to forget who we are, a child of God, because of what he did, nothing I did. And then we start setting limits on those who are acceptable and those who belong. And instead of remembering that all are welcome and all are invited and that the church is a hospital for those who are broken, Jesus said, I came as a doctor for the sick, not for those who think they have it all together, but for those who are broken and those who are sick. We forget that we needed somebody on mission to help us. And we become about our time and our stuff. And we hope that someone else will feel the call to tell others. And we don't bother anymore. It's a horrible place to forget where you were, where I was. It's a horrible place to forget the need that I had. It's a horrible place to forget that if someone hadn't shown or shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me, where would I be today? And we issue it. God, I got the insurance plan. I'm good to go. I'll do my own thing for a while. So what if we were all on mission? What if there was no wishing it? What if we weren't worried about having it all figured out before we started? What if, what if we were willing just to serve wherever we found a spot? What if we were all done ishing the mission? Well, this morning we have an opportunity to say that I'm all in with this group of ordinary people filling an extraordinary mission at Mossbrook Church. You have a covenant, a partnership that you've been given. And I want to walk through what the mission is. And I know it's a covenant, something to be taken seriously. But take a look at it. And maybe you've never signed one. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe this is something that's totally new to you. I get it. And if you want to read it and you want to look at it and you want to pray through it so you understand it, that's fine. But can I ask you to commit to not ishing building the church of God, not only being in halfway, not just kind of sort of putting your energy into it. Can I ask you to be all in, giving everything that you have, 
the mission that we've made, the commitment that we've made as a church, as leaders of the church, is right in front of you. I want to go down through it quickly this morning so you understand what it is. This isn't from us. This is from Scripture. This is what Jesus calls his people, the church, Christ followers, to be and do. First, he calls us to the mission. I commit to being on mission of connecting with lost people with the goal of introducing them to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says that I am free in Christ to do whatever I want. And he goes on in that to say this, and I'm free to do whatever it takes to share the truth with people so that they could come to know Jesus Christ. It's the same attitude of Christ when he left heaven to bring you and me an opportunity to have a relationship with our Father. He didn't have to. He didn't have to leave glory to do that, but he chose to. Are you on the same mission? You may be a guest or a long-time attender. It doesn't matter if you're a Christ follower. The mission is, is giving out the gospel of Jesus Christ at whatever cost, whatever it takes. To make sure folks understand the hope and the opportunity they have at a life and eternity with God. Teamwork, I commit to being part of the team and giving my possessions, abilities, and person and finances to the church, to the work of God. Yes, you heard this right. Christ asked us to give him our possessions, our ability, my person, which is my time, and our money. Everything I have as a Christ follower is his. He wants the best of my possessions, not the leftovers. He wants the best of my abilities, not my leftovers. He wants the best of my person so that he can grow his church. He wants me to sacrifice my time for him. He asks that I give 10% of what I make to him. And yes, he asks it right off the top. And I know you might be sitting here this morning saying, yeah, but Tim, that's Old Testament. Okay, in the New Testament, he says, give as you've been blessed. Look at the country we live in. And we are asking that you would do the same. He calls for the first fruits, not what's left over. I'm only asking you to commit in the same way that Christ has asked us to commit. If we gave these things without ishing it, if we gave things, these things being all into the ministry, there would be no ministry team that needed help. Ministry opportunities would be funded, people would be cared for, and the church in the Oxford Hills would continue to grow and reproduce and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Mutual care. I commit to being part of a small group, to know and be known, to care and be cared for. This is also an idea of Christ. He offers this idea of one another's found in the New Testament. He asks us to bear, for, bear one another's burdens, to care for one another, to encourage one another, to come alongside and lift each other up, to hold each other accountable, to pray for one another, to listen to each other, to weep with one another, to laugh with one another, to love and to live in the Spirit together. He tells us that one of us is in trouble, the other comes alongside and helps them out. If you looked in Ecclesiastes, he says, look, it's like a braided rope. And one strand is weak, but the more you braid to that rope, the stronger that rope becomes, the more care there is within the body for one another. He's calling us to mutual care. 
to serve. I commit to serving those around me inside and outside the church as Christ leads me. Christ asks us to serve one another, not to come to church once a week, but to come and serve each other. Part of that service is right here on Sunday morning. We need help. Part is in the ongoing ministries of the church that meet during the week. Part is serving each other during the week outside of church. Part is looking for people who have need in your community, your neighbors, and serving them. He, Christ, is our example. For even as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, he asks us, as Christ followers, to go and do the same. All four of these things are not something I made up or Pastor Mike made up or the elders team made up. It's the mission of the church that Christ set for us. So, this morning, we have an opportunity. The opportunity is is as a team of believers, as a church body, to say, yeah, yeah, As hard as it might be, I'm in. That's what I want to do. Or we can say, nah, it's working out pretty good for me right now. I'm okay. We have an opportunity to be on mission together to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And we are asking that as regular attenders, as folks that are part and bought into what Mossbrook is doing, that we don't ish the mission That we take a moment and we commit together for the next year. And I get it. We're busy. I get it. It's difficult. But can we stop long enough to say, yes, I'll do my part. I can't do it all, but I'll do my part. It's between you and God. But together, if we all work together, we can do amazing things for the kingdom of God. We're going to play a song. There's some pens down front. The guys have some more of those partnership uh, covenants. If you want to take a minute to read it, if you're interested in signing, we'd ask that you sign it. You can bring it down front. If you're in the bleachers and you want to, there'll be somebody right down front who can take that. Aaron will be there. They can take it from you. Or you can bring it clear down front. That's fine with us. But would you just commit before God? I don't want to ish the mission. I want to be all in. I want to do whatever he asks for his kingdom and for his glory. God, would you grant us the courage to continue to say yes to you? A group of people who are broken because of the sinful world that we live in. All the stuff that comes our way each day that wants to drive us away from what you want. But you have this incredible plan for your church. And you've chosen to use broken people to offer the redemption of Jesus Christ to this place, this world. God, use us as a church. Encourage us in serving you. In your name we pray. Amen.